It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mass layoffs have hit several sectors hard, among them tech and media. And for some workers, the cuts have come at a really unfortunate time while they've been on leave. Losing a job is hard enough. It can be even more complicated when you're not in the headspace to find something new. NPR's Andrea Shu has more. Cat Fan was in bed last November, recovering from major abdominal surgery when her phone started blowing up. A lot of people were messaging me and texting me on LinkedIn or by cell phone. Facebook's parent company, Meta, had just announced a first round of layoffs, 11,000 employees. At the time, Fan, who's a mother of three, was a recruiter for Meta. She'd been there almost five years and was out on paid medical leave. That day, she learned she, too, was losing her job. So I was trying to, like, navigate through my cell phone. But she was still on pain meds, in and out of sleep. And so by the time I, like, woke up and checked my laptop, it was already, like, fully locked out. And I was like, oh, darn. Now, there's nothing illegal about laying off employees in the middle of a leave. Provided there's sufficient documentation that there's a legitimate, non-retaliatory reason that's based on the business. That's Ariana Moray, an employment attorney with the law firm Skarinci Hollenbeck. In other words, employers cannot use medical leave or parental leave as the reason to lay someone off. They have to be treated just the same as if they were working as usual. She says some companies do wait until the end of someone's leave to implement a layoff, sometimes because they want to give that person time to get back on their feet. And sometimes they want to avoid any chance of a headache down the road. Because, Moray says, while they may have a legitimate business reason, there's still a risk. A risk that an employee might challenge the decision, leading to a costly fight. Last month, Meta announced a second round of layoffs, another 10,000 employees. And CatFan says now there's a huge WhatsApp group for those affected who are on leave. All folks that were on, like, paternity or maternity leave, they're all, like, asking questions, trying to navigate it. Trying to find out if they can negotiate a different end date or simply trying to find support. So far, Fan says she hasn't heard of anyone getting any extra time because they're on leave. Like other tech companies, Meta is giving all employees a generous severance package, including health care coverage for six months. Which is amazing and very helpful. After all, employers in the U.S. are not required to provide severance. Many workers end up with nothing. Still, even with a financial cushion, Fan says the last few months have been stressful. First off, she was still bedbound for many weeks, only getting up to shower or go to the doctor. And instead of focusing on her recovery, she was dealing with all the things you're faced with when you're suddenly cut off from your job. I spent a lot of time trying to, like, get my cell phone number back. And on top of that, she was worried about who else at work had been laid off. Her access to the internal chat system was gone. It was a roller coaster of emotions, she says. It just felt like you were dumped and then ghosted. 
very quickly. Now it's been several months since her surgery. I am recovered, not 100%. She's doing physical therapy, trying to build up endurance, and taking on a small amount of contract work for now. She knows she's fortunate she doesn't have to jump into full-time work right away. She still has health care until July. But given where the economy is right now, she is thinking hard about what she should try to do next. She's been a recruiter in tech for almost a decade. But who needs a recruiter now while hiring is on hold? Andrea Shu, NPR News. New York. New York, New York. A dramatic fight seems to be brewing in New York City over a basic question. What should the minimum pay be for workers who deliver food for apps, including Uber Eats and DoorDash? Deciding on that turns out to be far from easy, as NPR's Derek Kerr reports. Around 100 people raised their hands to speak in a public hearing that spanned more than four hours on Friday. The majority of them were delivery workers who've organized under a group called Los Deliveristas Unidos, the United Delivery Workers. William Medina spoke about the harsh conditions they face trying to get people food. He said he feels exposed and vulnerable on the street, risking his life either in traffic accidents or being robbed. This is why he said he joined the struggle for a just wage. These workers earn an average of $11 an hour, and that's including tips. It's far less than the city's minimum wage. So in 2021, the city passed a law that would give these workers a minimum pay. It estimated that it should be nearly $24 an hour to factor in for things like gas and waiting for food. Anthony Capote, an analyst for the Immigration Research Initiative, believes that pay would be fair for the workers. He says the way companies pay the workers now, which is just for each delivery, is predatory. But it also encourages workers to go out under the most dangerous circumstances. During snowstorms, flash floods, heat waves, they go out and they deliver us food because that's when they know that they can get the most orders. After months of fighting and lobbying, the city cut the proposed amount to around $19 an hour. Workers and some lawmakers accused it of bowing to pressure from the gig companies. At Friday's hearing, the company said an hourly minimum wage could push costs up for everybody, leading to fewer orders and less work for delivery people. In comments to NPR, Grubhub, DoorDash, and Uber said the rule would restrict worker flexibility. But Antonio Solis, a leader of Los Deliveristas Unidos, said workers should get a fair wage. He says they work 12 to 13 hours a day just to be able to afford a little. Now it's up to New York City's leaders to decide. Dara Kerr, NPR News. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. Oh. Have you ever called in sick at work? Saying that you have severe cold or fever, perhaps. But that excuse might not work anymore. As it turns out, after our jobs, artificial intelligence is after our leaves as well. And we have Indian researchers to thank for this. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Artificial intelligence can now detect whether you are actually sick or not. How exactly? Just by simply listening to your voice. It's no rocket science. The virus or the infection does alter a person's voice. The vocal cords often get inflamed. Their acoustic properties are impacted. 
but it's relatively easy to fake a cold while on a phone call. Routine slackers know how to do this. You know, nervously cough down the phone, add in a few sniffs here and there, talk in a deep voice perhaps, and you are good to go. But this will not work anymore if your employer adopts artificial intelligence. Let me tell you how this works. Human speech has vocal rhythms. These rhythms vary when it comes to healthy and sick people. Researchers of Sardhar Vallabhai National Institute of Technology developed an algorithm to make this distinction. And this algorithm can identify the vocal frequencies of those with sore throats. The researchers analyzed the vocal patterns of 630 people. 111 of them were suffering from a cold. Each was asked to count from 1 to 40. Describe what they did over the weekend. Read aloud a fable. The algorithm yielded accurate results around 70% of the time. Now this is good news for companies that frequently receive sick leave applications. But will they employ AI to catch slackers? And what about those who feel burnt out, who are not in a right headspace to work? People who suffer from mental illness. Most companies do not have provisions for mental health leaves after all. And the same is true for menstrual leaves. And employees then end up hiding the actual reason for taking the day off when they suffer from something which is rather uncomfortable for them to discuss. What will these people in these cases do once employers resort to AI? And the tool, by the way, is not foolproof. It has 30% chances of failing. What if it incorrectly identifies someone as being healthy when they are actually sick? What happens then? Can we really rely that much on artificial intelligence? Isn't it being perceived as an enemy on multiple fronts? The most important concern being AI stealing our jobs. In fact, it has found its way to the world of journalism as well. A Kuwaiti newspaper has introduced an AI-based virtual news anchor. Take a look. Her name is Feather. After AI anchors, there are AI models. At first, the star of Levi's new campaign looks like any other model. Her hair hanging over her shoulders, gazing into the camera with a high fashion stare. But if you look closely, something starts to seem a little off. She almost looks like a creepy doll. You can see that the model is a digital rendering. And she has the potential to put real-life models out of their jobs. Levi's partnered with digital studio LALaland.ai, LALaland.ai, to dream up, uh, to come up with this avatar. The AI model will start appearing on the brand's website later this year. You see, it's not just chat GPT. Artificial intelligence is all around us. There's no way of escaping it. And it is coming for our jobs, be it through detecting fake sick leaves or replacing actual employees altogether. LA, LA, big city of dreams with everything in LA. Ain't no
When a police officer in Los Angeles is accused of misconduct, and that could include things like using excessive force, tampering with evidence, or perjury, he or she appears before a three-member board of rights to be disciplined. In 2019, L.A. voters passed Measure C, which gives police officers the option of defending themselves to a traditional board that includes two high-ranking police officers or a board made up of three civilians. Two L.A. City Council members want to see an overhaul of the LAPD's disciplinary process, and they want Measure C, which created the all-civilian boards, to be repealed. One of them is District 13 Council Member Hugo Soto Martinez, who's joining me today to talk about it. Thanks for coming on, Council Member. Uh, thank you so much, Denea. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about a very important issue for the city of Los Angeles. So on paper, having an all-civilian option seems like a good idea for police reform to make police officers accountable to everyday people across L.A. and not just mainly to other police officers. But you say it actually helps officers evade accountability. So why do you say that? Well, because the the proof is in the pudding. I mean, if you look at just the two different options that a police officer has, uh, right now, 91% of them are deciding to go to the all-civilian Board of Rights. Mm-hmm. And and when there's a decision made, uh, 75% of that of those decisions, they receive either zero punishment or less punishment than the police chief. And so overwhelmingly, their uh, police officers are choosing uh, the all-civilian Board of Rights because it's just way more lenient. Now, why do you think all-civilian panels are more lenient than the ones that have two LAPD command officers on it? Yeah, I think the different groups have been, you know, sort of highlighting this issue is that the All Civilian Board is folks that are nominated by the police commission. Hmm. And they've shown that, you know, just analyzing it is that civilians just don't understand sort of the minutia of what police discipline looks like. And uh, the other sort of factor is when these decisions are being litigated in in this process, um, the police union, which is representing the police officers, uh, has attorneys. And LAPD, which is representing uh, the police chief or the department don't. And so it's a uh, it's very uh, lopsided system. Mm-hmm. Can you get into a few more details on who exactly is sitting on these civilian panels and how they're selected? Yeah, so the All Civilian Board is uh, nominated by the police commission. Uh, there are certain requirements that, that they ask. Uh, one of it is that they have sort of expertise in, you know, courtroom settings or mediation, things like that. And so we find is like disproportionately it's folks that have some you know background in, in policing or uh, have relationships with police. And so even even the name all civilian board is actually a misnomer. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not sort of a representation of, you know, what perhaps we'd find in a jury or something like that, which is, mm-hmm. which is mostly all civilian. And so it's my opinion. It's it's a pretty biased. You've spoken about how Measure C, which created the civilian panels, was flawed. It was passed overwhelmingly by voters. So what do you mean when you say it was flawed? Yeah, I think that we had a lot of, uh, you know, organizations, uh, you know, advocating against it. I mean, the ACLU of Southern California came out of it pretty strongly because uh, this this sort of process had been tried uh, on other parts around the country. And, you know, they knew what happens when uh, the city goes into this kind of process. So. Uh, you know, it was the LAPPL, the police union was the one really advocating for the passage because, you know, I think they had the same kind of data back then as well. Oh, interesting. So do you think repealing it goes against the will of the voters? I don't think so, because I, I think the voters, when they passed that, thought that it would increase accountability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we tried it. Uh, you know, this is one of the things that my, my colleague uh, Tim McCosker mentioned. 
which, you know, he was a part of it. And I'm so proud to be working with him on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. So we've tried it out for the last uh, two and a half years. And what's shown is that it has not increased accountability. It's actually actually done the opposite of what it's intended. Mm-hmm. What are you hearing from um, LAPD top brass like Chief Michael Moore about your proposal? Well, you know, I, I haven't spoken personally to uh, Chief Moore on this specific issue, but uh, you know, most recently he came out in the LA Times, you know, basically saying that he wants uh, more power. I believe there's like over 60 police officers who he recommended termination and they're still working. And so uh, he's come out in favor of having uh, the ability to, to be more, uh, to have more power over terminating police officers. And you'd like to also see him have more power to fire police officers who are problematic. But some people have criticized that part of the plan, saying that you want to give total control to a problematic police chief. So how do you respond to that? I think that what we have seen is like, if we look at what happened in Memphis, right, the police, uh, they were able to be fired uh, in another city. And right here, it's it's the opposite. You know, and if we look at it historically, uh, in the 1920s, which almost 100 years ago, the chief did have the ability to fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would say, moreover, I don't think it's any different from any other uh, job, right? Like mm-hmm. I worked at the hotel workers union and housekeepers, dishwashers were fired all the time. But, uh, and so I think it will be consistent to how other, how other employers act. So looking forward, what kind of changes do you want to see to the current disciplinary practices at the LAPD? Like what alternatives are realistic for the city to explore, do you think? Yeah, number one, we we have to give the police chief the ability to terminate a police officer mm-hmm. if the, if their actions if their actions merit that. So that's number one, which which would require a, an amendment to the charter. And then second, uh, removing the all civilian board of rights, which we've seen that does not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then looking at the traditional board of rights and seeing how we can make changes so that we can allow community groups to sit on those boards, uh, folks that are working on police accountability, uh, you know, advocates that have been fighting uh, to change the, the justice system. Those are the voices that uh, we should be having uh, in making these decisions, which would be a true civilian oversight board. I've been talking with L.A. City Council member Hugo Soto Martinez about his proposal to reform the LAPD's disciplinary process. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about this. Thank you so much, Janaya. million racism settlement against Tesla. Employee gets the settlement, it gets knocked down to 3 million. I will explain how this injustice happened. Let's put up his picture for a mask. Tesla is paying out again over their alleged racial abuse against black employees. We previously reported on a lawsuit where the automaker paid $1 million to another ex-Tesla employee. Now, Owen Diaz, former employee and subject of a recent lawsuit, just got his $137 million settlement cut to $3 million. I'm going to explain how this is even possible. It was just 18 months ago that former Tesla worker, Owen Diaz, won a massive $137 million verdict after a jury found that he had endured a brutal racist work environment at the company. Brutal is what they discovered. Months later, a judge decided to reduce the payout 
to 15 million. Okay, that's your first reduction. Diaz opted to reject that sum, and the case was retried this year. So what is this about? How can a judge come in and just say, ah, I don't like that number, I'm going to decrease it? Well, we call it tort reform uh, in law school. However, tort reform is basically uh, a word that says, you know, business owners, uh, individuals who want to protect uh, their liabilities, uh, Fortune 500 companies, et cetera, they lobby. They lobby certain organizations that will then lobby lawmakers and judges, elected judges in particular, and lawmakers to transform the law, giving, giving judges these particular powers, all right? And then some states literally have a cap on what the jury can award, but the jury is unaware of this cap, so they can make a ruling, and then the judge can come in under tort law or tort reform and change it. Yep, that's how powerful companies are. There's more. Um, speaking to the Daily Beast, Diaz expressed frustration, as any of us would, with the makeup of the jury, talking about uh, the second time, all right? So he expressed issue with the makeup of the jury, which he alleged was not made up of peers, but rather by whites and idiots. Many of the jurors seemed to have uh, comfortable uh, financial lives, he said, meaning that they did not realize uh, what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck, nor did they comprehend the historical significance of what was said and what was done at Tesla. Diaz said he plans to appeal the verdict since justice still has not been served. So there is an appellate process for actions like this when it is done through ju judicial um, behavior or judicial action. Now, this is an ironic situation. You have a jury that looked at the evidence. They said, whoa, this is aggressive. This is egregious. And we're going to um, allocate punitive here, meaning we want to make sure that we send a clear message to any other company that would engage in this kind of activity. The fact that the settlement was so high is indicative of the actual suffering experienced by the employees. So understand, the jury are the fact finders in the case. They have all the information we do not. They saw this information and they said this is egregious and made the ruling. Diaz has no regrets in rejecting the original $15 million um, proposal by the judge because he didn't believe that figure would have forced the company uh, to make any meaningful changes, okay? It's just so rampant inside of the company, he said. It's to the point where it just has to stop, he alleged. He added that he had hoped the jury would see through Tesla's BS and help a lot of African-Americans be able uh, to work and not to have to keep going through the things that they're going through. In cases of systemic harassment, it's not like we can take the CEOs to jail. He argued money is the most impactful way they can be punished, and he's completely correct. Let's put up the tweet. Isn't this interesting? Meanwhile, Tesla CEO Elon Musk chimed in and said, if we had been allowed to introduce new evidence, the verdict would have been zero. The jury did the best they could with the information they had. I respect the decision. Diaz argued that the evidence in this case was clear. As he told the Daily Beast in 2021, his supervisors at Tesla allegedly mocked him with racist imagery and slurs. I had supervisors telling me, N-word, hurry up and push the button. N-word, push these batteries out of the elevator. And they were also telling me, N-word, 
uh, N words aren't ish, okay? Some elements of the broken culture were left unaddressed because of Tesla's use of arbitration agreements, he claimed, which can limit employees' ability to file lawsuits. Diaz said he remains committed to reforming the automaker. Hopefully, if I can't accomplish it, the next person who files a lawsuit will be able to do so. Lawsuits, I guarantee you, are still going to come from that company. Multiple have been settled. Some are being litigated. Elon Musk, obviously, not responsive to the culture, still saying, well, if we would have introduced other evidence, he would have received nothing. I'm glad this is actually under appeal because I think the appeal is going to bring out some more, not only coverage of what's happening, but other people who are going to stand up from that company. AB, thoughts? So first and foremost, it's unfortunate that y'all South African CEO is more concerned about the jury verdict, right, being what it is, as opposed to the fact that there's a culture of racism in his um, company. So let's start there. Mr. You know, free speech and constitutional thumping, so-and-so on Twitter. So let's, let's start with that piece. Um, the second part I want to say is that Mr. Diaz is absolutely right in that we go for punitive damages for these corporations because it is almost the only way for them to be punished because they aren't actual people or you can't take the actual people to jail, right? So we punish the the corporation um, by making them pay. And so I do think a settlement, some people will be like, oh, you're just trying to get a bunch of money. But I think the settlement is more than about the money and to say, stop the culture at the end of the day, or it's going to cost you in your pockets. And one thing successful rich people don't like is for you to play with their pockets, right? Um, and the other issue I want to address is this issue of a jury of our peers. This is such a vague term that we don't understand what does it mean to have a jury of your peers. And we see this challenge every time, especially when Black people are there trying to get justice. The jury makeup is never conducive right, to that particular um, person's situation. And so we need to do better in legislating on what, like changing the, the, the tone and the language of what a jury of your peers look like, because this is just unfair. And this is how you prevent justice from happening. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Say it's unfair. <clears throat> Always got us struggling to be fair. Even old Elon Musk, we can't even get off the planet, get us an old spaceship, say we want to get away from racist woman, racist man. Elon, can you help us out? Even then, racism, white supremacy, we, we can't be treated fairly. Mm-mm-mm. Context of white supremacy, Gusty Renegade, in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday april 14 2023 so i have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism very important topic for many of the reasons that you heard you have email and all that to get to but super important topic it is so important to discuss this if you have offspring, uh, if you have nieces, nephews, cousins, siblings, homies, partners, brothers, whatever, uh, it is important, even yourself, self-preservation. It is so important to share information about racism, white supremacy in the area of labor, 
in general, but in labor specifically, it is so important. To that end, before we even get to anything, I think this area of people activity is greatly neglected. As such, I'm looking, I always try to look. That's, I break the rule. We have a white guest-only policy, but that's one. Sometimes I break the rule if this person is talking about racism in the workplace, and I think they have some constructive information, something that I can learn. I think it's so important. If you had daughter, son, cousin, niece, nephew, brother, whatever, sister, homie, they come to you and they say, look here, black brother, white people are really putting it on me on the job. You know, and they have any suggestions. What resources that you know of could you offer this person, non-white person, comes to you looking for help? Problems on the job. Sounds like it's racism. What resources would you have to offer? Say, okay, so Nairobi Thompson, right, almost British, that's one. She's been a guest on the program repeatedly. Should be back soon. Mr. Fuller, right, producejustice.com, been here, chatted up many times, asked questions, lots of things, used the Constitution, 14th, 5th Amendment, right, ask questions, due process, all that, very constructive. Be on time. Be on, if you can't be early, be on time. Mr. Fuller, what an illustration. 30 years on time. Never late. Never missed a day. How to support and defend the U.S. Constitution for victims of racism, white supremacy. Check, right? Talked about the book. Author's been on the program. Been over that. Great information, right? I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, listen in. Choose a guest on the program, Allison Manswell, some years back, victim of racism. Talked about her book. That's the name of the book. Listen in. Came on the program and it even had to differentiate that she could not tell black males, you get on that job, you stand up tall, you stick out your chest, you let them know, you let your resonant voice be heard. Nah, she didn't say that. She said, I tell black females. You speak up. You stand firm. You be heard. I tell the black males, ho, ho, ho. You don't stand up tall over people. Don't get to hovering because they'll think you're a raping black male and have you thrown out. <laughs> I'm laughing, but that's what she said. We spent about 15 minutes talking about that specifically. So that's another one. That's four, right? Oh, <laughs> neutralizing workplace racism. That's five. Uh Once you get outside that five, they ask for information, workplace racism. What resources are you aware of that would be helpful? They have information. They talk about things that can help you solve problems. I might even add to policy and procedure for wherever this person works at. That might be another great resource. So that's six. So outside of those six, any sort of resource, YouTube channel, book, TikTok, magazine, TV program, 
Netflix, I don't know, anything you can think of that, bam, this is something a non-white person comes to me and says, help, 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 I'm having problems on the job, sounds like it's racism, you'd say, check this out, might be of some value. It seems like this should be like truckload, like you should be going on for days and days and days and days and days. The way if I, if I had said like, can you give me information where somebody did like a counter-racist review of a TV program or something on Netflix that came out in the last year? Oh, my God. The list would be endless, boundless. That's the way I think it should be for the workplace because that has way greater impact, in my opinion. But I might be in error. But resource, can we get that resource? What would you share or not counting everything that has already been listed? It have to be something else. Got to be something else. Got to be something else. Lord Jesus, please. Got to be something else. Lots, in fact. Not just one or two. It should be lots of something else. Anywho, uh, let's see. Oh, I got discombobulated. Yes, neutralizing workplace racism. I think I was trying to still think of other resources and stymied. Uh, neutralizing workplace racism on that list. The number is 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Number again, 605-313-5164. Decode 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. The email untiljustice at gmail.com. Not for spectators. Emphasize that all the time. Not for spectators. If you are on a job, if you are an entrepreneur, as they say, you don't have any of these sort of problems. Nobody is calling you nigra in the workplace. They're not laying you off on your day off, what have you. And Oh, that's not funny either. Sorry. They don't, they don't have artificial intelligence to decipher whether or not you're goal-bricking, faking an illness. You don't have any of those problems. You call in sick, take the day off, and you come in, they have a full, unopened, vacuum-sealed bag of peanut M&Ms, unopened, vacuum-sealed bottled water, get-well card, and a fruit basket. That's the sort of work environment that you have. Not people, sick, eh? Hmm. We had surveillance outside. Looks like you were not in bed all day. Sick, huh? You don't have any of that. They trust you. You get all your raises, promotions, everything in a timely manner. Let us know how you accomplish this. And as usual, if you're having difficulties, problems, we will do our best, be logical, offer some attempted counter-racist suggestions uh, to help minimize problems in the workplace. But not for spectators. Should be lots of us in one of those two groups. Hopefully we have lots of folks in the former group. No issues, no problems, another boring week on the plantation, got a raise, ho-hum, get those all the time. I would 
spectacular. We'd love to hear that from everybody. Very brief, the clips that we heard at the beginning, once again, that is the reason. People emailed, and we'll get to that, we'll get to the people who called in, but I do see a value in checking what is happening, news locally, nationally, globally, but it's particularly with regards to labor, I think it's important just to be aware of things that are happening. So much of it is related to racism, so that's always good to kind of see uh, different patterns and things that we can also be on the lookout that might be practiced against us at some point, but also just to be aware so you can be more informed uh, about labor and all aspects of racism. Might even be some things that can help you uh, adjust your code. Uh, the first segment I already mentioned, talked about some of the folks being laid off, tech industry laid off when they were on sick leave and all the rest of it. If anything, do not think that you were – because I think the first person that they talked to, she was on sick leave. She just had, like, you know, go to the hospital, major operation and all that. She said she'd been there for five years, right? Now, I mean, that's not, you know, 50 years and gold watching all that near retirement, but, I mean, that's not – I just got here. Like, I might have been to, you know, a few Christmas parties, you know. Know a few people. Maybe I got a few raises and what have you. Like, I'm not on probation. I've been around for five years. I should be kind of valued, right? Eh. Kick to the curb on sick. She said she got locked out of her computer while she was on sick leave. Now, that stood out. Man, that is a big reason right there. Hey, this is not my computer and white people can show you better than I can tell you. She said she was drowsy, taking medication and all that. And it seemed like this may have been a non-white person, but this was audio, so I can't confirm. But either way, it really doesn't matter for the point. Hey, whatever. Out of surgery, she could have died. They didn't know. Whatever. Well, that makes it even easier. Then we don't have to moan about it. You have been downsized. Good day. Hey, do not think. I'm indispensable. You don't want to think that. We just heard that yesterday in the book club. You don't want to be thinking, I'm indispensable. You know, I've been here five years, ten years, whatever it is. And, you know, I'm so smart and valuable. And yet maybe you pulled the Neely Fuller Jr. I'm on time every day, never miss a day. Maybe that's you. You're still a Negro. You got to think that way. Can't get to that point where we just get complacent and think, yeah, you know, they wouldn't dare, you know. Ted, Thad, Melinda, they love me. We hang out. I've been to a bunch of the Christmas parties and all that, met their children. And I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It could happen to you. Don't go out doing a whole lot of wild spending. Save. Victims of white supremacy want to be about saving because the rainy days are a coming. That's what the system of white supremacy means. Thunderclouds, tornadoes, earthquakes, urgh, racist man and racist woman, they are coming. So you want to just be saving up and preparing so that you can do your best. We can do our best in managing all of this. Next. <clears throat> I mentioned, who even, just think about that. That's one reason. I checked the news. Man, technology, are you serious? That can decipher whether or not you are <clears throat> faking an illness? Wow. They said it was 70% accurate. I mean, yeah, they got the, the avatar that's, you know, AI and can model clothes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably been doing that or could have done that for a while. Whatever. But, wow, like, it's that serious. 
technology. Now, even think about that. We can't replace white supremacy with justice, but we're about to have a robot that can tell if you're faking a cold accurately. Let's see. The cops came out. Uh, Neely Fuller Jr. Produced justice.com. He said white people do not get fired. They get transferred. The enforcement officers can't even get fired. Can't even get disciplined, man. What does it mean to be white? Because I don't hear any black people. Clarence Thomas is supposed to be chilling, man. They say, you need to resign. They've been talking about him all day. White man started off the week. Dr. Oates talking to us about Clarence Thomas on Sunday, and it's just been rolling every day since then. He's been trending online and everything. He's supposed to have a lifetime. Get, get out of here. He needs to resign right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the enforcement officers go out, choke up black people, curse out phones, do all the right Hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Dang. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We got the AI that can pick out when I got a cold. What do you mean? What are you going to do? We can't do that. Hey, hey. There's a reason, Mr. Fuller says, you do not call them police officers. These are enforcement officers. Could be race soldiers with a badge. Let's see. Oh, and then we got Tesla already mentioned. Uh, Elon Musk. Uh, and that really went right into Dr. Rashard Perry, victim of white supremacy during the reporting on that segment and how they greatly reduced the sum that the victim was originally awarded. Uh, and since it's going to be appealed, they hope that more information will come out. They, it seems that there are so many reports about white supremacy racism at uh, a variety of different Tesla factories. Uh, so it's, yeah, what he said, getting this on record hopefully to make it easier for other victims of white supremacy to step forward. And now we'll have a pattern on record of them practicing white supremacy racism. Let documentation, nothing like having things in writing. Uh, and that's another reason why I say check in the news, because, man, if I had just, you know, woken up out of a coma or came here from a different part of the world, and I'm, gonna, I'm a non-white person, right, I'm going to go work at Tesla, that might be good to know, right? Like, oh, let me look at the, whoa, $130 million lawsuit? What? Negra? What? What? Elon Musk, this is disgrace. You know, it would be good to know that going in as opposed to I've been working there for a month, year, whatever, being mistreated and such, and then I find out, oh, man, they got a long track record. They've been doing this to all kinds of things. Again, the former, I think, would be better. In advance, always in advance. Uh, okay. Email report. Uh, so we had a attempted black mother. She called in like a week ago, maybe two, and she was telling us about how her offspring was being mistreated by some of his white friends, right? And she just overheard this on the phone. Was able to go talk to him, process it. Amazing. Thought it was outstanding. It's in the archives. She emailed us, man, being an attempted parent, most difficult job in the world. So she emails us about a different one of her children, black male. Uh, so this is Sunny Smiler, remember? So she says, quick black male privilege story from my son who's in California, Stockton specifically. That's like uh, 
northern. Well, let's call it. It's closer to the Bay Area. I don't know what you call that. Uh, it's like mid. I consider things northern. Like you have to be much further north of San Francisco. That's kind of like middle area. They generally that's just Bay Area, close to the Bay Area, Stockton area. Anyway. Uh, lost my place. He was invited to Easter dinner yesterday by one of his residents. She's Mexican now. Eee, I don't know. <laughs> that is not a racial classification. Uh, I mean, hey, if I could pick some. Canelo Alvarez, okay? Lupita Nyongo. They are both Mexican. One of them, I certainly think, is classified as white. In fact, one of them is classified as white. One of them is crystal black. They are both Mexican. So I'm confused, but we'll proceed. Her husband had the unmitigated gall to ask my son, so what's the difference between a black man and a nigra? Question mark. He did this quietly, away from the ears of the other guest and his wife. I said, this is the mom talking, I said, I hope you didn't try and answer that dumb question, son. He said, Mom, I felt so uncomfortable. That is the goal. That is the goal. That is the goal. Oh, say it to infinity. Mom, I felt so uncomfortable. I said, something, this is mom responding, something like, a man goes to work and, de- oh, excuse me, sorry, the son, she says, all the son, I'm sorry, all in quotes. Mom, I felt so uncomfortable. I said something like, a man goes to work and does his best to be a professional, and nigger is so offensive, it's never okay to call someone that. End quote. He said, the guy agreed, but tried to equate it to being called a spick, S-P-I-C. Her son said he told him it's not quite the same thing and exited shortly thereafter. He called me in the car saying he was so relieved to have exited even at the Easter dinner. (laughs) Rewind. Even at the Easter dinner, the black male encounters racism. He was the only black male there sad disgraceful really Uh, (laughs) the day the Lord has made he's supposed to be talking about resurrection you know he has risen he rose isn't that the goldie but goodie he rose you know hey if we're going to keep it secular we can just go get the eggs and all that right you go paint them up I just found out you don't even have to hard boil them did you know that you can do Easter eggs and you can keep them raw. I didn't even know that. We could have been going out and doing the Easter egg hunt, man. Keep it secular. We could have had chocolate, man. Jay Dahmer got us some old chocolate bunny rabbits. Milk chocolate. Dark chocolate. Mmm. Delectable Negro chocolate. Nuts. We could have done all that. Well, no, 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 no. What's, what's the difference between a black male and a Negro? She uh, updated. Uh, she says that her offspring called back to update. He said he was so bothered yesterday when he left, he forgot a conversation that happened prior to the gentleman asking him that question. Important. Uh, her child stated that he was speaking 
with a woman who is the diversity manager at her job and that they were speaking about white people looking for any reason to say the word nigger in conversation with non-white people and they both gave examples her son and this female he said that the gentleman was listening to the conversation and he feels that's why he asked my son that question like a piggyback off of the previous conversation type of a thing I think that is so important glad we got that extra uh, tidbit from her I can't emphasize enough this is this is so important I said it uh, was music to my ears hearing uh, Sonny Smiler tell us previously about talking with her son and processing what happened and all of this and just having that where she's already done the work talking to her black children about what white supremacy racism is how it works your victims this is what it means to be a black male she's already done that work so now they can just come back they can identify things correctly and most importantly they pick up the phone or they just come mom that is music that is what you want I mean that is fundamental to being an attempted parent again I do not have children that seems to be lacking in many instances where the parents don't have that understanding of white supremacy racism and then there is not communication where the parent can help the child understand this is what you are experiencing on the job even prep them in advance for these things and then hey I've tried to do my best I probably failed I'm still learning too, daughter son but if you get in trouble don't put me on speed dial I will stop this car right now whatever I'm doing as long as I'm on the planet and have a breath in my body put me on speed dial and we will walk through it calm you down and you know figure out the best way to proceed but let me know and I will do my best you know to help out and try to figure out what's happening in the work that is what you goal of being an attempted parent now with this situation specifically that's like 101 gotta be this day is going to come you're going to be called a negra some iteration where they got a someone the very same day I think within minutes of when Sonny Smiler sent me this email at a totally different investor sent me an email of Eddie Murphy doing an interview like call it 40 years ago doing an interview Dick Cavett white man suspected race soldier and out of nowhere and even you can see the setup but it's totally unrelated to what they've been talking about and going over his career and whatever else says mm-hmm so Eddie how do you feel about the word nigga and that's the way he said it too that's no exaggeration like you can I posted the uh, the video on social media and everything that's the exact way he said and I love Eddie the great man coming to America Woo, both of them he said wow that sounded demonic <sighs> star hall of fame Eddie Murphy that sounded demonic because white supremacy racism is demonic. 
religion of white supremacy, occult and all. But you got to expect that that day is coming. How do you want your child to respond? And you can even, you're older and what have you, you think about it. How am I going to respond? They come in, white person, non-white person, both, all kinds. We've heard people, they'll come in and they'll play a NWA. Got to play, I'm a nigga for life. Got to put that on repeat. Listen to that all day long. That sort of thing. Say, hey, what's the problem, my nigga? What's, what's the problem? We, don't you love Easy e Oh, I love it. Let's pour a little teaspoon out for Easy e because That's my nigga for life for sure. Hmm. They might even play straight out of Compton. Some folks, they got the TV where they come in. We're going to watch straight out of Compton. Oh, I love it. Man, look at O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. <laughs> they might do that sort of thing. How am I going to respond? Practice it. If you're the parent, this case, you can tell your child, hey, that day is going to come. This is how I think you should respond. Now, you got a brain computer. You may think of something better. But this is my recommendation for what you do. They call you a nigga. They come up with this sort of tackiness where I totally think he heard what they were talking about. Race soldiers love that. They love that. Oh, and I'm going to just tiptoe in because he's going to do it on the sly. Keep it quiet. See if I can get you away from everybody else so nobody else can hear this. What? What did you ask him? Where it's just you and he. Like, hey, uh, what, what, what? In my view, now he did ask a question, but I mean, really, some questions, I think Mr. Fuller, he says that all questions are valid. Very respectfully, worthless Negro from Virginia, I am. ProduceJustice.com, I do not agree. There are very limited, very limited occasions where people know they are not asking a valid question. Exhibit A, that is not a valid question that is an act of racism I believe in calling things by their proper name and it's some others I have to point out but it's real limited nine times out of ten accurate questions are valid but there he is maybe even 99 times out of a hundred questions are valid but not all questions are valid in those instances you are not required to answer. And that is one. A few of the responses that I would have given because I would not have answered that question. He wanted this to be quiet. One beautiful one. Excuse me. Say that again, please, sir. Question lane and loud. I didn't hear that. Could you repeat that, please? Loudly. I hope. Other people, oh, Nick spoke. What's going on? Is he raping someone? And then have him say it again. If you got your recorder on and all that, just let it ride. Say that one more time. We want to stay in the question lane. Another one. Why are you asking me that question? that's another one now depending on the type of day I'm having it's Easter Sunday did I get my chocolate bunny rabbit are we doing the Easter egg con I have to weigh how I'm feeling I'm the only nigga here you're commandeering my Sunday for this I could have been doing something else that one now I mean if I don't say anything at all ooh. now we're going to have tension for the rest of the time that I'm there 
I'm all right. We would have to be there. Am I all right with that? How long am I going to be here? In fact, that might be my cue to leave. I can look at my watch. Have I been here 30 minutes? And in fact, even if I haven't been 30 minutes, that is a justified reason to exit. And I would love it. Like, ooh, watermelon dance on the plantation. I would love it if the CEO or the custodian. Dang, Brother Gus. We were so excited to have you at the Easter dinner. You were there for about 10 minutes and you bolted. We didn't get to go to the Easter egg hunt or nothing. We had a, a bunny with your name on it. It had GTR written out on it and everything. We were waiting. We were going to do a picture, get it on TikTok. We had the dance coordinated. Where'd you go? And just repeat what was said. I didn't feel welcome after such a question was asked question put that in quotes but I would not answer it would either be why are you answering me that why are you asking me that please repeat nothing at all one of the three nothing at all and deuces but I, and I think she said he felt uncomfortable and wanted to leave. I can't stress that enough. Race soldiers, and that's so cowardly and calculating to wait, to sit there and ear hustle on what they were talking, what these niggas, I told you all, they do that. They do this in the workplace. I'm assuming this was at like somebody's house or whatever. I always said, all these little arrangements, that would be another one why I say, I'm never going to these. You're going to have to tell me it's mandatory or something like that. I'm never going to these because that sort of thing is inevitable even if it's no non-white people there white people know that when they do these sort of events people are liquored up they got their oxycontin and their adderall and whatever else in their system they already know people are gonna cut a fool do something inappropriate uh end up molesting somebody like i was told this on my job and i work with mostly white people that people got fired for these sort of this sort of conduct at these affairs so i wouldn't go I don't think Easter is that big of a holiday. No disrespect to the bunny rabbit or white Jesus, the resurrection right on. Just saying it's not Christmas. It's not Thanksgiving. I wouldn't go. And I would file that away, you know, for in the future when it comes up birthday party, happy hour. What's the next big holiday? Uh, I don't know if they do July. See, none of these are that big. I think any of these. You could probably, you know, I got something. I got, you know, family plans. My mom needs to help around the house or, you know, whatever. You got your own family. That's even better. I got to take care of the children or the double whammy. The children want me to take them to see their grandmother and all that. This, You know, even make it sound like you don't want to do it. Uh, but I would not go. If you got to go, I'm on the clock. 30 minutes. If it's got to be 45, that's pushing it. Like I said, one incident like that deuces why did you leave let me tell you but yeah and it's done to get us uncomfortable it's done to practice racism oh I didn't know I just I heard you all talking about it and and I don't know if this is a white person or a non-white person but this is the sort of conduct I expect from a racist and even the spick part to practice racism and then come pull some nonsense and say that oh no I'm not racist, you know. I'm Mexican, you know. Oh no. They they say I'm a wetback too. No 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 no. Get out of here, man. 
or they might even mix it up and do it a whole lot of, you know, I'm Native American, you know, I got Cherokee in my family. They might step and fetch it as my cousin, you know, I'm getting reparations. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a Rachel Dozel, all of that. This sounds like the conduct of someone I would suspect is a racist, classified as white, might be born in Mexico. Big, another big one. Mexican is not a racial classification. I know that's very popular. Mexican, uh, Spanish, Hispanic, that's another. They got a lot. These are not racial classifications, and that can generate a lot of confusion. Even if this had been Lupita Nyong'o's cousin, Crystal Black, had said this, it would be one of the same three responses. Why are you asking me this? Please repeat. Deuces. Nothing would change. I wouldn't accuse them of being a racist, but I mean, that is certainly unprofessional. I've said that repeatedly in the workplace. It is totally unprofessional. It is totally unacceptable. Nobody should be saying that. And the same thing, even if it was Lupita Nyong'o's Mexican cousin, you wouldn't be saying that if I was classified as white. Anyway, man, I can't say it enough. Bravo for being there to talk to your child so many of us they we suffer through these insults and humiliations and get confused and don't know how to respond and all the rest of it have no one to speak to about this particularly no one with a better understanding of what racism white supremacy is to help process this is what happened and this is a suggestion on how to respond to being called a negro or any sort of derivative like that where they're coming and got to mention Negro play songs with Negro again you got to already have a codified response for that and practice it might change you might think of something better all that is great but just be aware this should never be a surprise I wouldn't care if you're 14 years old 114 years old this should never be a surprise they love this they being individuals classified as white racist they love the opportunity come in and slip get old nigga joke in on the spine get it in on the day of the resurrection come on anywho uh let's see thank you kindly uh sunny smiler for sharing looking out for your offspring uh the number if folks have thoughts on how they would recommend some people do actually folks have thoughts on how they would respond to how they would encourage their children to respond to that sort of situation feel free uh, if you have resources for racism in the workplace that you would share you can let us know that as well if you have your own situation all great too the number 605-313-5164 the code 564-943-POUND Press star six one if you would like to participate. Uh, first few folks with a hand up. Line should be open. If you have commentary, proceed. Hey Gus, uh, Vinicius from New Jersey. Um, I think I think the uh, I think the parent. Um, you know, I, I think she I, I think she did a. Uh, I mean, a good job. Um, you know, so again, like I said, I, w- I would need more detail. Understand? I'm trying to picture um, being in that setting, and and you know how uh, I would I would handle it. You know, I've been in awkward situations where suspected racists uh, um, said some questionable things. Um, 
a few occasions I grade, I give myself an F. Other occasions I give myself maybe like a B minus. Um, so, but I, I think she did a um, good job. Um, that's real interesting when you brought up the uh, classification, uh, the whole um, Hispanic being a ethnicity, not the race, and um, and um, reading over the book club, reading, um, um, you know, we're talking about Brazil and soccer and all these racial classifications that further confirms that. And I was at work, and it just made me remember a situation where I was at work, and there was a woman who was Dominican, nationality, um, classification, I would say Afro-Latino, uh, and there was another um, Hispanic male, South American, and I guess she took a liking to me, and we was having a conversation, and she says that uh, this particular guy, um, and he was the guy that receives the orders that I would bring into this restaurant, this was years ago, and he asked her, he says, oh, well, you know, why do you like him? He's black. He's so black. Gus T., I'm not, play, I'm not Pele, complexion-wise, and I'm far from Wesley Snipes. <laughs> so I, I don't even, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, okay, like he put emphasis on me being black, so black. And this was a man uh, that would be classified as Hispanic, South American. Um, today, um, no, well, the other day, so give a report, um, when it was talking about the court situation and how the court, um, how the judge is up to their discretion to rule on um, the amount of a settlement, um, again, like I'm going through my situation with uh, my knee injury, so I have two lawsuits out, and the lawyer, and this is far from a race, race, uh, far from a, a racist suit. You're dealing with uh, racism, but this is an injury, and and my suit with uh, Workman's Comp. Um, it, it so the judge also has discretion, and right now. We're going back and forth with the lawyer because the lawyer thinks that my lawyer is asking for too much. So now we're in the process of letting the judge de determine um, the amount that should be uh, rewarded. So that's that's came to um, that just came to my memory when I listened to that report. Um, my cousin he works on a job with me, um, a lot less codified. Um, I give suggestions, but, um, you know, I give them once. I don't, I don't repeat it. If you want to listen, he listen. If he don't, he don't. I don't, you know, I, I really don't, uh, try to enforce my views. So, um, he lost $150 in the, uh, the driver's room. This is where we get our paperwork and this is also where we punch in and punch out he went in his pocket, $150, um, fell out of his pocket uh, within a matter of minutes. He realized it, went back into the room, and it was gone. He was in there with a few other employees, so he was furious. My cousin has a temper. Um, 
a worker that works in the office. I don't. I wouldn't classify this gentleman as a supervisor, but he works in the office. He has super super duties that consist of being a supervisor. And one day he came to me, and me and my cousin have the same last name. And he says, you know, you're not like your cousin. You know, your your cousin. Why is he so angry? And you know, I just kind of, you know, looked and you know, I don't know. You got to ask him. <laughs> you know, uh, so um, so that's the perception of my cousin that he will go off. So he went into the office. He talked to the supervisors, and which I would get, I would give him, um, I would give him a B minus. You know, on this on this right here, but he got. He 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 resolved this issue. So he went into the office and he says, "Look, you know, I lost one hundred and fifty dollars in the control room. I soon immediately I went in my pocket. You know, I seen that it was missing, and whoever was in that room took my money. So he says, just like how you guys surveil us when it comes to stealing chicken, stealing time, and stealing equipment." I need y'all to get on that camera and find out who took my money. <laughs> so he called me. He said, yo, you know what? You know, victim from Jersey, you know, I got a phone call. They said they found my $150, and they also fired the employee who took the $150. So um, I agree with how he led with that. You know what I mean? I think that was appropriate to say, hey, listen, when it comes to stealing chicken, you guys are Johnny on the spot with the camera, so I need you guys to do the same thing and try to retrieve my $150. Mission accomplished. He got his $150. Um, real fast, um, the customer that I have that I really don't really care for, the one who um, couldn't find his cucumbers, I made this report before, and he, he was disgruntled about putting stuff on his grapes. Um, I think he has an idea that I don't care for him. You know, I'm real professional when I go in. I mean, I really don't speak. I just ask him, hey, you want me to put this here? Would you want it? Real simple. He has another um, guy that works with him. This guy's a little bit more um, pleasant, so he speaks. He says good morning. I say good morning. So uh, he's in the freezer, and I'm, I'm I'm bringing merchandise into the freezer, and he's like, hey, 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 you know, don't don't block me in the freezer. And I'm just, you know, Gus, this guy, in my opinion, I think he understands I don't care for him, and I think he's trying to get a reaction out of me, but I didn't give it to him. I just ignored him. I'm I'm thinking to myself, sir, I have 10 cases of chicken. We're in a big walk-in freezer. I do this, I, I service you once a week. I understand and I know where the stuff goes, how do you want it. There was really no reason to say anything to me, but this particular white suspected race soldier, I just don't think he can help himself. So I'm going to continue to just ignore this man. You know, um, it, 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 it got under my skin. But when he said it, I just ignored him like he didn't say nothing and just basically proceed to bring the order. So um, that's my report uh, for the day. Wow. Robust reporting uh, got under my skin. That is a metaphor. Uh, just for my uh, 
self-edification with your cousin's situation. He loses the $150 and goes to them to use the surveillance. You said he would get a B. I think you said B+. Plus. Um, what is the A response in that situation? You lose your $150. What is the A response or the A-plus response even? Well, um, I would just, you know, the A, the A plus response is because he told me how he went into the office, you know, so he kind of, um, again, like I said, my cousin is, is, um, you know, he, he's kind of like a no nonsense guy, um, and office and office, they treat him as such. I really just think that my cousin can be a little, he can be more codified and how he reacts because he will, you know, he will kind of like, you know, uh, get loud. Um, that's, that's my whole, that's, that's where the A plus would have came in, but he still went into the office and accomplished what he had to accomplish. But again, that's why I, that's why I told you that another supervisor came to me and asked, you know, why is my cousin always, you know, so angry, you know. So I just understand their perception of him and understand how easily that approach could basically lead with them calling the police and you being escorted out of here in handcuffs. They do love to escort the uh, Negro males out in handcuffs, black male privilege. Uh, right on, right on. Much obliged victim in New Jersey. Wow, that's so much. Um, hmm. They certainly do like to leave us out in handcuffs, uh, and it is so important to composure. Talk about that all the time, that that is uh, really, in many instances, the most important component of counter-racism in the workplace, in my view, composure. Because once you, you know, a person yelling, stomp like a kind of, that can make everything moot at that point. They just get the handcuffs and um, so composure is definitely not to be minimized. Uh, I don't know for the cousins. He got his money back and got the fired. Like that's give an a on that one. I guess if he went in stomping and cursing or what have you, that maybe we can you know try to calm that down. But. Hmm. I know a good number of white people who <laughs> stomp and curse a little bit about 159 working with thieves. I mean, dang, the uh, that white fellow was ready to beat you down over his cucumbers. That's not I don't think he had one hundred fifty dollars worth of cucumbers. That's if he did like, wow, that's got a whole garden. Um, but yeah, that's that's got his money. And and that's even a little fuller there. Like, man, that is uh, comparison. Equal protection under the law. Exactly. You come in here and tell us that you got the GPS on all the chicken and the ribs and the cucumbers and it's our property and any sort of theft will not be tolerated and all the rest. Great. You know, you're watching us and we're supposed to be upstanding. Well, then, hey, we should be upstanding. It can't be long as you don't steal our chicken wings and ribs. You can rob all the other nigger drivers you want. Is that the policy? You want to get in the question lane, but 
I love it. And exactly, that's what I was thinking. Like, don't they have cameras? They said they had the cameras on the chicken. Like, yes, they do have cameras. That's one that we should all be thinking about. Jesus Lord, there are going to be cameras at this point. I mean, it's nearly two. They're talking about technology to catch if you are faking a cold. I wouldn't care if you work at the toilet paper factory. They are going to have cameras. In fact, I would be thinking the same way when victim in New Jersey, when he told us that was a different employee said, uh, Ooh, we got some extra steaks, you know, on the truck. Uh, Hey, why don't you take them home? Girlfriend, love it. Think you're the king of the world. He's, I do not steal from the job, period. He said, what? Got these good steaks, man. That is the code everybody in the back should be thinking. Is this some sort of setup? Somebody came in through. And Murphy get two times. He did the whole movie on that where they tried to set him up. They came in and dropped about $150, $300 on the ground. He's like, what? Hey, wait a minute. And he went and tracked him down. He said, darn, thought we had him. I had my finger on the phone. Nine, but Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. That's the way that we should be thinking. This is a setup. The FBI is going to fall out of the ceiling. Uh, people are going to burst through the windows. Everything. They got cameras and all of that. Like, it's going to be total. We knew it. We knew it. Sting operation. Operation takedown. Leroy is complete. And all. that's what you should be thinking. Anything like that. Pick it up. Take it back. I wouldn't care if it's a million dollars in cash. Pick it up. Get a dump truck if you have to. Take it back. You are on camera. That's what you want to see him up. Oh, and then he was. Oh, and he's in front. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yep. Got the wallet. Thank you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Any hoodles. Uh, they are trying to get a reaction. He was talking about, I thought that's so important because that's the same thing with this mysterious fellow sounding like a race soldier who terrorized Sonny Smiler's son. This fella. When with the cucumbers and whatever, and he's no, 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 don't block me in the freezer. Get out of here, coon. All of that. You speak to him. Professional, courteous. They want composure. Already said it. That's what we're talking about with his cousin. Composure. They want us to chimp out. I just steal no cucumbers. You don't talk to me. Who do you think you're talking to? All that. So they go, oh, 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 oh. he threatened me. He threatened me. Yep. Yes. He was rude. He cursed me. I, I felt unsafe and all that, you know, and you don't want to deal with any of that. Even that right there is a waste of time and energy where they have to go and interview and investigate and check the cameras and all this. And I speak. Yes, sir. No, sir. Have a good day, sir professional courteous speak what to say that's it nothing else everything else would be question lane where should I put this is this acceptable sir thank you sir and to see if we can get out of here as quick as possible and contrary to popular opinion white people are not ignorant about racism white supremacy they are very attentive to their negras I've heard this the entire time we've been on the air 14 years plus non-white person in the workplace you're not smiling and 
trying to entertain that white person and all the rest of it. Huh. Got to keep an eye on this boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's being serious around me. He's not trying to joke. He's acting, you know, like he might even be suspicious of me. Hmm. Got to watch this boy. Hmm. Could be dangerous. I don't know. He says grumpy slave. Oh, yeah. Got to keep an eye on him. You're not smiling. Happy. Think of me as your best friend. Hmm. Professional speak courteous. Uh, let's see. I've got many F's myself with regards to counter racism. And I guess we all still technically have got big fat F's because we still got this problem. So we are all still striving to get a striving to get an A. Even a B would be nice at this point. Let's see. The. Uh, oh, and then we've got the so black from. We are reading about Brazil. He said he has, I guess, the co-worker who was from the Dominican Republic and all that. Like, oh, my gosh. Black as he is. Blackity, blackity. <laughs> Anti- That's what I said. Hey, even if they're classified as black, born wherever they happen to be born, that does not mean they are your friend, homie, whatever. That's just the victim of white supremacy. United Independent. You do not make any assumptions about what they think about you your melanin counter racism or anything else uh and excellent advice we even got on the no forcing with re- and that's why we don't force with regards to a suggestion or a recommendation everybody has their own brain computer so they can think for themselves and come up with their own answers to problems in fact try to encourage that but he said give it one time and that's that they can think about it I recommend not stealing mistakes. Well, you don't know what you're talking about, Coon, and I think it'll be hey, no problem. And they can just think about it. Maybe it'll come to them later on. Hmm. Maybe that was a good idea to not steal the stakes. Maybe I will use that one. Might come to them five years later. Eh, some people pick up quicker than others. But no forcing. Great rule of counter racism not having arguments conflict with other victims of racism okledokles let's see uh much obliged victim in new jersey number again 605-313-5164 decode 564-943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate that's a great reminder as well he lost that $150 or however you want to think about it fell out of his pocket and then was stolen all the rest of it but great reminder no one says that you work with honest people we are in a system of white supremacy racism I don't know if it was a non-white person who took the cash white person doesn't really matter no one says that you work with upstanding honest people in fact you shouldn't even assume that that's the case excellent job to his cousin getting his funds back and uh yeah thief is out of a job tough cookies always put the money back assume that that is a trap setup of the <laughs> of the highest order uh let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up you have commentary to share proceed can I be heard? Bay Area mom? Yes, ma'am. 
Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you all. Um, Excuse your background noise. It's the dishwasher. I um, wanted to comment on the layoff at Meta. Was it Metaverse? Meta. Meta. Um, I think so. I I look at it like this. I know that um, with those kind of because matter. be a little different so with the stocks and stuff and if you do the layoff you don't have to give out a lot of those shares uh, I don't know I, I was I just I was just thinking of the, the the money that they save in the stock and that they don't have to give out it even with the severance and stuff that's not that's pennies to what they'll get later um, for Meta. Um, and then for the people, I can say, I'm not, I, I'm always ready for a layoff. I mean, this is, and Seth is even better. Like, yes, that is good. So I don't, maybe I, maybe Maybe I had to sleep on that. Um, I thought that was good. I should have worked for Meta to get laid off and get severance. That's half a year. That gives you enough time to find another little gig until you have to find another little gig. Um, that's how I, I, if there was something else to get out of that, I didn't. I got that out of that. And um, so the delivery drivers and um, trying to make them maybe uh hourly uh, uh, salary, perhaps, make them count versus just, just having to go out there for each uh, run, each delivery, because I've done that um, not often because uh, I can't, I can't, I'm never, I'm never that hungry to put that much effort into it like because it's not it's a lot of work in order for it to really make sense uh and uber when it was lucrative i don't even know if it was worth it then but that was before not now especially after the pandemic so i just thought okay so Maybe if they give them, I didn't think $24. I was thinking a little more, but $24 is, is good for just to be on call waiting to, hmm. But they said, nah, 19 maybe. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, that's a trip. So I, I want to keep up and see how that goes in New York for them and what they'll do for others um, as far as the, um, the delivery drivers and just making them uh, um, uh, hourly um, gig, and then it just have to be maybe available and accept a certain amount of orders or something. I don't know. I guess they'll figure it out. Um, somebody's baby went to the Mexican um, Easter dinner, um, and somebody put him to the side and asked him, uh, I said something about how he felt about the word, the N word, and, um, then flipped it around and 
did some stuff and said something about what if it, what about spit? Um, I don't know. I would tell my child, either one of them, if they, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I like what he did. Um, totally uncomfortable, right? And um, I thought that was neat that he called his mom there after to let her know about the, you know, also. Um, I don't, I, I, yikes. I would hope they would, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what to say to the children if they had that encounter just offhand. I said everything I'm going to say, I guess. I just hope they wouldn't be. I don't know. I just hope they wouldn't fall in it. I think my son would fall. It depends on who he's talking to. My son might. <sighs> my daughter. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's good. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do something with that. Um, I'll do something with that. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them um, after the program about that. But anyway, my workplace racism. Um, <clears throat> so I was on spring break, so I, I didn't want to think about work. So that's why I was ear hustling. That's probably a metaphor. I was just only listening and eavesdropping um, for the past two weeks because I was on break and didn't want to think about those people. So I'm back uh, first week break. Um, <clears throat> I'm, um, going to talk about the little boy first, the one that I'm actually there for. He's, uh, we're trying, they are trying to wrap up his IEP and, and you know, finish him off. We have eight weeks from now of school left. Um, he'll be going to middle school. There was a large meeting yesterday. Um, to see how he's going to transition. Um, mind you, the mom sued the school, and um, she got awarded um, whatever she was awarded, and she utilizes the money to make sure he gets whatever assistance programs, training, tutoring. She makes sure he gets his needs met. Um, in the meeting, <laughs> of course, I always come up and, um, the, there's just, I guess, uh, the mom wants me to follow him to, um, to the, um, middle school. I don't mind following him at all. Um, the teacher wants me, of course, to stay at the school. The pair or the, the Yemen lady is fancy with her because I do too much. But I do, when I say I do too much, I'm just so excellent. I give her a headache with how I just stroll around there doing all the stuff that she probably should do. But I have to meet the kids' needs. That's, that's my focus, so that's why I do it how I do it. well to show what 
accepted it. I don't know how she said I think she's on the fence with me. She would prefer me in the class as an extra adult than anyone else, I I believe. But I think she would. She could do without looking at me next in August. Anyway, the district, I believe, would prefer for me to not be locked down to this little boy, especially after having a lawsuit, a lawsuit that they lost. And then and here I go, movement super duper. And I'm tied to the winner when I could be used. I'm just thinking how they would probably be thinking when I could be used anywhere because last year I floated. So I went to five different schools. I'm, I was all over the place. So they could use me like that again versus the way I am now. And then there's a teacher that has dibs on me. Um, I don't have to even be in the district, but I don't mind the district um, for now. And um, as I stated, I don't mind working with the uh, little boy either, but I'm sure that they'll fight it because even the uh, head of special needs was just, well, no, we you, you got her already for the year. That was a part of your love, so you got her already. Uh, we don't even know she'll even be here. We don't even know she wants to. We don't even... So that was uh, the battle. And um, I, I just... Uh, did, so the mom, just for extra, uh, she's like, well, the teacher said, you, you, you hold Mickey Mouse for uh, my son. And I said, she does more than just that. And um, it came out that... Um, uh, they're, they're talking about the pair in this large meeting. And um, last week, the or the last week of school, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, the um, BCBA had threw up in one of the meetings um, because they're trying to figure out, you know, how they're going to transition them out. And so the BCBA said, well, it works good if you have a good para. And then so the teacher is saying that, and she said, boy, she was throwing you under the bus, uh, Miss Para, talking to the para. <laughs> so she said, whoo, she's got it in for you. <laughs> so she he said, uh, she's like, oh, I can't stand her. And um, he said, oh, no, she's just real serious about how um, you're not helping with math, that you, you with the, uh, the answer key. Oh, well, she just gets on my nerves. So this is what the pair is saying. But she's not understanding how serious this is because this, now the BCBA is white and the the pair is Yemen or whatever that is. And um, the teacher is white, white male. Um, this white lady is serious. Because this was one of the fearless, regardless of what happened. So um, it's going to be hard for her when middle school hits because he doesn't know. He's been, you've heard all the stories throughout the year. So anyway, um, she keeps bringing up this para and saying that, you know, it depends on the para. You need a good para. You know, if the para is, is helping the kids. And so when I came up yesterday, they someone was saying, "Well, how 
close is he to me? And they were like, he's very close. Does he listen to me? Like, yeah, he listens to me. And then they're saying, well, does he listen to the pair? Well, how close is he with the pair? They're talking about the Yemen lady. Oh, he's very close with the teacher. <laughs> he's very close with her. And he's he's cool. I mean, he's not. He's cooler. You know her. So, but do he listen to her? Yeah, he listens to her. And then, um, uh, and then so the mom said, well, he never talks about the para. What's her name? He's like, oh, he always talks about me. And so like, never the para. He's like, how close are they? How close are they if he never talks about her? And he's like, well, I don't know because he spends a lot of time with me. He's like, I don't know. That's a good question. So it just turned into a big thing. And um, it's still to be continued because I guess the fight on top of everything else is, me, where do I go? Um, it, it, it's a, it, it's the 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 point of this is it is major about the para. The para, it's agitating that the para doesn't do what she should do, and um, it is going to hinder her towards August moving forward because this lady has went a step over the principal's head because she doesn't feel the principal is even doing enough when it comes to dealing with this lady. She asked me yesterday, well, do you think she knows how to do math? <laughs> I said, I, I, I don't know if she can do math. I'm sure she can do the math. I said, maybe she doesn't, doesn't know how to teach it or maybe she could be tired. I, I, I don't know. Um, and I don't know, um, but I know what I do know is um, this week, because the teacher hasn't been available, so I've been being a um, para and me, the RBT. So uh, <laughs> the, the the Yemen lady, she was telling the little, one of the little kids, oh, you got it right. Miss such and such is going to be proud of you. Talking about me. He's like, oh, yeah, and he's just moving his hand, wiggling, and I said, I said, what? And then he said, I got my math right, yeah, and then uh, she's like, good job, because she watches me when I'm at the station, when she's doing whatever she's doing. Um, when the teacher isn't there, she's sitting at his station, but she watches me and watches how I interact, and she knows it's a problem, but she's trying to clean it up. And mind you, this is eight weeks. We only got eight more weeks. She's trying to do something, but this is going to hit her hard because that white lady's not playing, and she's about to hit her. She just keeps going up and up and up and over her head. So, so, so we'll see. And that's my workplace racism. Thank you. Wow. Hmm. Much obliged, Bay Area mom. Uh, always great, I guess, to be thinking about different scenarios with regards to racism. Uh, she says she was going to think about, you know, what what she would share with her offspring. That's something, again, I don't have children, but that's something all of us uh, can be doing if it's not individually. Certainly for parents, like, man, what would, you know, I want my child to do in that sort of scenario with the word nigra. Really, we could be thinking about that any age group because it might change, right? If you have children that are 10, as opposed to, you know, 19 or what have you, you might have substantially uh, different recommendations for how you hope they respond. But yeah, that's one you can think about and update it, you know, and then ask them for input too. What do you think? 
you know, can you think of a better way to respond? They might shock you. They might have, you know, brain computers working and cranking out logical solutions too. So yeah, I always love that where people can be thinking in advance of the best way to respond to some of these incidents of terrorism. Uh, I think victim in New Jersey said previously that uh, he's gotten an F in some of these scenarios. Me too. Gus T quite a few F's myself. You will always get another opportunity for that counter racist a let's see the she reminded me the uh delivery drivers in New York City. I played that at the beginning. I forgot uh where she said she was gonna kind of keep uh a check on what's happening with that and if they're gonna compensate them correctly uh, and talking about how she had attempted to do that herself, and it's just you're not earning major coin uh, and particularly when you factor in gas because that you know just inflation and maintenance on your vehicle and all that running up and down the road and wear and tear uh, on your car just man uh, they, exactly as she was saying like you have to do quite a bit of the uh, door dash or whatever it is delivering this food to make it somewhat profitable I guess uh, and they're even resistant to, you know, just can we can we make this some more? And especially for New York City, can we get a living wage? I mean, it's not exactly cheap to live in NYC. And then even thinking about now, who do I think is doing all this DoorDash and Uber Eats? I mean, I know they got a lot of non-white people in NYC, but I mean, I'm pretty sure the dynamics frequently are white people getting there soy gluten-free dinner entree all the rest of it with some non-white person who might not even be born here dropping the food off got that dynamic a lot here and then they're not even being paid anything can barely keep their vehicle maintained properly and then new york too is expensive victim in new jersey so they got all those tolls and everything else uh in the new york area like man just factoring all that into the expenses of doing all this man uh, let's see. The I'm not surprised to hear, even though, you know, folks can think about that with regards to uh, you play around with sex. Joke is on the offspring, but Bay Area mom saying that they weren't exactly delighted about the prospect of her continuing to work with this uh, non-white male student. This young boy spent, you know, a good portion of this academic school year with him. Like, oh no, no, you know. Why would that be? She said they already had some sort of lawsuit for incorrect treatment of this child. And then to be staying with her, why would that be a problem? They have a rapport. That's the type of thing that you look for, especially if you're working with people who have uh, what they call special needs, right? Hey, he's already got an instructor that he's bonded with. Why do we want to mess that up? Take all that time to reconnect with someone if that even happens. Why not just, why mess up a good thing? Hey, it's working for him. Let's keep that going. Nah, 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 nah. Eh, you already worked with it. Eh, nah. <laughs> like, dang, dang. Aren't we supposed to be looking out for their best interests? Nah, that's what I mean. Play around with sex. Got to be thinking of a plan. Got to be something better. It's got to be something better than us sending our children off to the clutches of white racist women to educate maul our children from that young age it's got to be something better and if it's not if that really is the case that there is no better option there are no independent schools and I can't homeschool or whatever else if there really is no better option 
how intelligent, how wise of a decision is that to make to produce children that you know they will not be properly educated? Just something to think about before we hit the bedroom. We're supposed to be doing that. Let us see. Number 605-313-5164. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Email untiljustice at gmail.com. Let's see. All right, now we had other folks who wrote in the whole situation uh, with Sonny Smiler's offspring and what's the difference between Nigra and a man. Uh, let's see. Oh, hit the wrong tab. Let's do it again. Okay. Different uh, person wrote in once they heard about all of this. Wow. I used to be disturbed about things like that. Now it makes me laugh. Maybe that's my way of coping with white supremacy. That happens to me frequently as well. Uh, where I end up laughing at racist jokes and what have you. Uh, let's see. I hope that uh, child went to HR or the manager and ask them if answering a question like that will violate policy and if being asked a question like that is a violation of policy. He may be suffering from harassment and bullying. Good point as well. I did look to see. Okay, that's for that. But yeah, all of that, in my view, counts. Like I said, I've been on jobs where they do have in policy and procedure conduct at events like this, some sort of, you know, after hours party or whatever it is where they do have a code of conduct. And in many instances, they'll just say there is no separate code of conduct, the same sort of decorum that you would exercise in the workplace. That's what's going to be expected at the party. So, yeah, if you would not behave, you wouldn't say this while we're at the office, at the water cooler, in the cafeteria, out at the copier, then there's no reason to be saying this here at the Easter Sunday shindig. Much obliged. Uh, Let's see. Make sure. Okay. Got the email checked, I think. Or did. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes. Okay. Got the emails uh, checked. Groovy. Uh, number six zero five three one three five one six four. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Again, not for spectators. Uh, if we have folks who have uh, figured out some things to help solve problems in the workplace without creating new problems, let us know. Let's see. Folks are spectating or 
getting their thoughts together either or say again if I said it already today if you are not being mistreated in the workplace not being uh, name called they don't mess over your funds they don't steal you drop a quarter on the ground they shine it buff it up and give it back to you let us know how did you do this maybe we can replicate some of your trauma free work environment uh, the number 605-313-5164 decode 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate and if you did obtain that mystical position do your job not mistreated get to go home well compensated while you explain to us how you did this you can make sure to invest hit the blog racism-notes.blogspot.com racism-notes.blogspot.com Dot com PayPal button top right corner. You'll see the links for PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. Enormous gratitude to all the folks who have invested 14 plus years. Hopefully we've been worthy of your time and energy. Let us see. Mm-hmm. folks are uh, spectating while they're getting their thoughts or spectating or whatever it is Uh, we'll be here tomorrow compensatory call in normal time 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific Uh, we'll try and catch up on what has transpired over the last seven days or so Uh, the more shootings and all the rest oh that was a work Woo, man oh man Uh, I was totally thinking of the Kentucky situation as just the regular white terrorist events and you know the great equalizer and all the rest of it but that totally should have been workplace racism it was just my brain computer processed I did not think of that as labor this should be labor that uh, I think it's Curtis Sturgeon have to make sure I got the name correct but the shooting that happened in Kentucky this week that is total Uh, the shooter white man 25 years old uh, he was an employee at the bank and found out he was going to be terminated. Wrote a letter to his parents and then came in fire and think killed five people, wounded eight. Once again, I would file all of that's another reason why I would be checking the news because these are so common. The disgruntled employee and I got to come and shoot up three foot the whole building, you know. That's the sort of thing I would be very aware of. And even 25, man, young, <laughs> lot suspected race soldier. Like, oh, my gosh, you could have got another job, man. Come on. That young lady that they we heard from at the beginning, first clip, she was getting uh, laid off from Meta and what have you. Bay Area mom talked about that one, too. Uh, she didn't say, get my rifle and kill everybody at Facebook. She didn't say that. <laughs> I'm trying to get my health together and. Just give me, let me get my bearings together so I can figure things out. That's all she said. 25-year-old white man, Mr. Sturgeon. No, I got to go and shoot up the whole building, kill everybody. Got wind, they're going to let me go. Don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Anywho, again, 
one, since we are coming up on one year from Tops, we did speak with uh, some of the workers from the Tops grocery store who were there last May. Hey, make sure you are wearing footwear. If something happens, I'm good. If I have to literally run to save my life, I don't have to worry about wearing shoes that I'm going to be slipping and sliding and they have no traction. I would say you should not have shoes on in the workplace where you can't run to save your life. Where for whatever reason they slide, they have hard floors or what have you and they're hard bottom uh, shoes or heels or whatever it is. But you just, you know, can't get a grip. They are not shoes for work. And if same thing, if it's uh, I know the. what are they, the Crocs, right? I don't know if that's a global thing, but at least in the States, the, 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 they're like sandals, and you just slip them right on. Real, real popular out here in the uh, Pacific Northwest and I think beyond. I would not wear those. Those do not, I do not own a pair of Crocs myself, so it might just be that I'm out of touch with the styles. That could be. But I would not recommend wearing any footwear to your work environment where... If you have to, you know, just pick. I'm not saying you got to do it. Usain Bolt and sprint as hard as you can for 50 miles. I'm just saying that you might have to pick up the pace. You know, you have to do a little bit more than a brisk walk. Something like that where it's, oh, I'm struggling. You know, I'm slipping and, oh, they got a rail from that. You want to wear shoes. They're professional. They are appropriate for where you are. But you can pick up the pace if Dylan Roof should enter the premises. Once again, make sure you can just take, I would take the most recent incident of one of these attacks in a work environment and school is a work environment. And hey, let's make sure that we have a drill. Where are the exits? What are the signs to look for? Now, they should already know somebody's going to be terminated like we got to be on alert. Never know. Heads up, all of that. And that's why people making comments in the workplace, I'll shoot you. No, that's not funny. No, that's not a figure of speech. No, that's I'm just kidding around. No, on all accounts. That is totally inappropriate for the workplace. That's how you end up with, oh, wow, he did say he was going to shoot me before. All that bringing guns and ammo and talking about all the hunting. None of that is appropriate for the workplace. This is why we are all about safety in the workplace, being safety each other. We don't have to get along, like each other, be best buddies, none of that. But safety and promoting an environment of workplace safety, a culture of workplace safety. Super important. Anywho, let's see. Uh, Folks are spectating, what have you. Not sure. Don't know if they had a uh, week free from trauma and terrorism, what have you. In the workplace, I would still be taking notes, (laughs) observing. uh, Even if you specifically are not experiencing racism, white supremacy. And if that's the case, bravo. Hope it lasts, you know, forever (laughs) as long as you're going to be on the job but if you work with other non-white people is that the case for them too even if you're the only non-white person there everything that they're doing is 
correct, as it should be by the books. That is an important one as well, because that happens in so many workplaces. We were talking about fraud and all that last week that frequently, even if you're not being mistreated, that doesn't mean that you are not journaling and being observant about things that are happening in the workplace that might even become relevant to you at some point if you stay on that job long enough. Keep learning, being accurate, and being early, not on time. Let's see. Neutralizing workplace racism, context of white supremacy. Uh, let's see, we'll give folks a uh, few more minutes if uh, they have thoughts, observations. I didn't hear any resources. I did ask that question, so that's what I mean about lacking, right? Because I said, man, if somebody comes to you, it could have been your offspring. People here have, you know, cousins and friends and people you know, associates at minimum, right? Uh, that they might come to you at some point. That's realistic. I know I have people come to me. I have strangers come to me and uh, ask in person sometimes and, and say that they want to talk about neutralizing workplace racism. I think it is important to have resources to offer that could be of some value. And if we don't have those resources, that might mean creating them, looking for them, both, you know, it is super because so many people are having these problems. I even you could even add in there Carter G. Woodson, the miseducation of the Negro, because he does have a chapter talking about black supervisors having black people who report to them and some of the difficulties and how things change when you have a white supervisor. Talk before it's so sad that some of that is still relevant today. And I've shared that with uh talking to some black supervisors. <laughs> We're not brought it up here even. Uh black supervisors where they have black people answering to them and they what you call it uh, being less than professional you know doing things that I suspect they would not do if they had a white manager that's what I mean about having resources and I think it can be helpful to be able to if someone has that experience bam Carter G. Woodson talked about this a hundred years ago this is a product of white supremacy racism this is the result of all that anti-blackness and all that encouraging us to be in conflict with other black people and think other black people are dumb and stupid and only white people can be in charge. This is the result of that. These are tips on, you know, how to mitigate that as best you can. That I think super important and just having storing away information, even storing different reports about racism in the workplace try to include that at the beginning of the program for neutralizing workplace racism uh, I think that's also super valuable that way you can show a lot of times people come in reporting the, uh, that they've been mistreated or specific things that they're dealing with being able to show them this is not isolated to you this is not even about you personally this is just one of the ways that white people practice racism white supremacy in the workplace all around the world they do this to black people everywhere I see a big value in that as well. So uh, try to be important. Try to have resources that you can share with other victims of racism, especially about the job, especially about the job. Because I just I've that that has stood out to me for a long time, an area that I think is so neglected and, and continues to be, unfortunately, but invariably people end up having all kinds of really serious problem, a life altering sometimes life threatening problems in the workplace 
that being the case, be, you know, try to be prepared so that you can be uh, as helpful as possible and use that as a time. Hey, constructive info helps someone through a tough spot. They might be real receptive to hearing more that you have to say about racism, white supremacy or other constructive topics. If you, hey, help them out at a time when they were feeling lost and uncomfortable and beaten up on the job. Just saying, I've seen where that can have an impact. Uh, Let's see. Folks still spectating, still spectating, looks like. Last five and then we will wrap. I will hope that if folks are spectating, like I said, they not being mistreated on the job. Things are perfect. All my races compensated correctly. No problems with any of the non-white people either. I need a vacation, planning for the summertime. We do get out of the country, right? They're saying uh, the Rona's over so we can go out and travel first time, all that. Making my plans for the summer 2023. You don't even have to worry about them trying to pull something slick, cancel on you and all the rest of it. No way. Do it in advance. Boom. Out of here and enjoy my good time. And I don't even have to do a whole lot of telling them where I'm going and what we're going to be doing and all the rest of it, what our itinerary is going to be. Nope. Wish me good time. They hold down the fort until I get back. I hope that is all the folks experience who are uh, yeah, listening in. And uh, yeah, hopefully it will continue in terms of you not having difficulty in the workplace. Just make a journey. May, if anything, make a journal of how you all got to this point. Like I said, so that some of us other victims, we can be what do they call it? Copycats. We can get some of that fine living or easier living on the plantation. We're not being falsely accused of things and can't get a raise and can't get a promotion and, you know, everything else that they do to us all around the world. Amy Hoodles, uh, in addition to on Saturday, compensatory call in 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We should be here also on Tuesday, uh, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, white guests only uh, returning to the area of health uh, and even that in a context of white supremacy racism but that should be for uh, Tuesday Uh, yeah I was going to say health Health and uh, other issues related to white supremacy racism we'll be looking forward to that one as we kind of move forward through the spring of 2023 uh, let's see. So looks like folks hanging out, I guess, spectating, whatever the case may be. Uh, hopefully got something constructive. And if the folks are listening in, oh, we got one person hanging in. Let's see our caller, the courthouse in Florida. Do you have commentary to share? Should be with us. Caller, the courthouse in Florida. Yes, sir. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. Uh, it's been uh, the usual uh, tackiness and click activity at the courthouse. Um, I'll start out with, I, I believe I mentioned that a white person from the 1980s, right? So, like, 
she's been there at least 30 plus years. And the Wharton's white women game uh, has been retiring. So they've been passing down that white supremacy gang activity down to the younger white women. So this lady has been just upset, like I mentioned, that she hasn't been approached to stay on the job. And I guess she, since she thinks she has, or she does have, have a lot of this knowledge in the juvenile area, foreclosure, civil, so many things. Um, the white people haven't uh, approached her to stay. So they gave the lead supervisor to a black female. And a lot of the white women are upset about this. So I got a report from another victim of racism that this black female has stated that I think they are trying to set me up. So that's uh, becoming focused to the reality that racism is being practiced. That's how I will word it. That's because she can see that these are mainly the white women trying to sabotage, like the same one that said, well, you don't show any emotion and I don't ever see you crying, all of this. Um, there was, for instance, this black female has been given the responsibility of looking over the front counter, which is more click members, um, you know, young, like to wear that Southern girl, that kind of subtle racist type of uh, symbolism, army fatigue, stuff like that. So she's been at the front counter watching them, and they've gotten quiet. They've gotten on their code and everything. And this has made that other white woman, the older white woman, even more jealous. Like, like how can y'all not come ask me questions? Y'all got to go to her, basically. So this one white woman who's newer, the daughter of the IT guy, which is, you know, more nepotism, um, white woman, she, uh, I got a report that she walked up and asked a black female a question, and she, I guess she didn't like the response that the black female gave her. She was like, well, well, gee, I was just asking a question. I didn't mean to bother you. Like, the whole tone was just, you know, mockery. Like, she just felt bothered. And she had to ask her a question to get knowledge from out of her. And the victim reported to me and compared it to another situation where this same white woman asked another white woman who got on, got into the job by, you know, knowing her, a clique member. She asked this other white woman a question about how to do something. And she gave a more enthusiastic, kind of pleasant, courteous response. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Same white woman on the same day, maybe like two hours apart. So 
that was uh, when I wanted to report. A white man got a new, I guess you could say a new position he's supposed to be replacing in the juvenile area. So I'm hearing that he made this huge, they love to say the term mistake, because that was spoken about in the recent newsletter. And he doubled the jurors, right? So when I was coming into the courthouse, uh, maybe like, Two, I mean, two weeks ago, so many jurors for a trial. And that caused a lot of problems. They made a lot of people stay longer than they were supposed to. And <laughs> I guess this guy, he just started like a supervisory position. But see, it goes back to how there are many people who aren't qualified, who don't meet the criteria. Any of that, they just had a skin color that classified as white, okay? And the people in high positions, they, they speak in a way to rationalize the incorrect things, the errors they make on the job. So I think that's how he got that position. Um, I have, like, two more I'd like to share. This one is that same white woman, once again, uh, that has the three children, three offspring from a black male or two black males. So she gets, she gets flowers delivered. And she uses a metaphor when someone asks, and this is, uh, I think racism, anti-blackness and misandry and everything. Um, Somebody says, oh, well, what did he do? He must have done something. That's not no compliment to me, like, hearing that, like, the way that it was said. What did he do? Did he do anything? And her response more than one time was, what doesn't he do? Which is just, another, you know, asking another question is just more insult. And, and she's relentless in her racism. So... She says to another white woman, yeah, he's in the doghouse. He better do this and that. So I just take notes, and then a lot of people laugh at what's being said, okay? Um, and my last one is there was, uh, once again, another white baby or a toddler old enough to be aware knowing how to smile and react crying when a black person is taking the photo. All right. And I think it's something to this because I noticed the white woman that I just finished speaking about, she tends to get up uh, when the white children start screaming and crying. And she'll either get one of the coloring books or go up there herself and try and make these kind of playful hand gestures to try to get the baby to smile. But at times it doesn't work. So just stop with the photo uh, and just give it some time, I guess, and try and take the photo again. And it still doesn't work. So 
they say, well, we'll just, you know, we'll just go with the, with the baby crying and the child all red faced and crying tears and everything. And they'll still use that as a, uh, I guess as some way to, as an acceptable passport photo. Um, and other than that, that's pretty much all I have to share now. And, uh, I really wanted to read that, that, uh, that passage about the mistakes. And I think this guy, a white guy, another one, once again, from that, the, the Curtis Powers, 1985. No, 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 no. 1978 through 1992. Okay. Um, so a lot of those people are starting to go into drop the five year retirement. So this guy is constantly using military metaphors and this time it was about mistakes. You know, people make mistakes and we just don't want them to think that that's going to impede on improving their career or something like that. And just using metaphors. So, um, I would, I would really like to share that in the next up and coming weeks. And other than that, that's all I have to share. Thank you. Fascinating. Fascinating. Love those metaphors. Uh, yes, people do make mistakes, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes that should be an obstacle in their career moving forward. Seems sometimes these so-called mistakes eh, should forgive and forget. You know, let bygones be bygones and other mistakes, you know. You got to pay for this for the rest of your life. Very interesting. We'll have to see what mistakes he's talking about specifically. Uh, yes. Second chances generally are for the race soldiers. It's been my observation. Uh, let's see. The, she said, or he said the new, uh, lead supervisor is now a black female. Folks are upset about it. Now I say one, again, the metaphor that they are using to describe this, this is just micro, but this is on the macro. The silver tsunami. Lots of these white people, the old wardens, males and females, they are getting a little gray, getting a little wrinkled, getting a little old. Even with all the Botox and everything else that they got, get that old Brazilian butt lift and everything else, even with all that, hey, they say Father Time is undefeated. A lot of these white they. <laughs> In service since 1980. I mean, that's a lot of years of race soldiering at the courthouse. Going to have more of them stepping down. And boop, I keep saying, see if you can be one of the replacements. Even if it is racial show. Man, you've been down at the courthouse 11 years or so now. Like, man, I'm going to see if I can get one of these here jobs. Let me be old supervisor. Let me be in the warden. Let me get in the click. Come on. That's what I'd be telling all the non-white people. If it's going to be more and more of this, whatever certifications, I'd be even looking at positions where you can see like, oh, Agnes, yep, retirement is coming up. Mm-hmm. Let me check the qualifications, see what I can, hmm. yeah, maybe I can put my name in the ring. Uh, and and not be thinking that it's going to be great and I'm going to be beloved, be thinking exactly what that black female said. You know, it seems like I don't. If I didn't know better, 
seem like these white women are trying to sabotage me. That's exactly right, sister. That's exactly what they are doing. He said, be better to say, seem like they're practicing racism against me. Yep. Even better. Hopefully get a little more. Mr. Fuller even said that's why we should take these positions. It shouldn't be his recommendations. It it shouldn't be they're going to sabotage you and practice racism. So don't take the position. They're going to do that anyway. You could be the janitor. You could be cleaning the toilets at the courthouse. They'll come and hide the toilet paper from you. Rip up the plunger. They're going to do that anyway. So see if you can make as much money as you can and then learn about racism. And in fact, as you get better jobs, you might be able to learn even more about racism. Maybe some of that happened before because she wasn't the supervisor. Now she can see all this racist animosity directed at her. Like, dang, what is what what? What is going on here? Oh. Still take the job, though. That's my recommendation. Uh, The promotion, supervisor, all that. Uh, The disgruntled white people, he, he said that he, or I guess one of the white women that was leaving, seems like she was hoping that they were going to be, oh, my goodness. You are so valuable. Oh, we just need you, Molly. If you could just hang around for a little bit longer. We got that no-count scoundrel down there in the segregated area. Can you just hang on? And they didn't do that. Thank you for your years of service. Here's your pen. We'll get the party for you. What? You don't... What? That feeling... I'm, I'm a white woman. You don't need me. I'm a valued member of the clique and everything all these years. Come on. And I've I've seen that from lots of folks. So they want that feeling that I'm needed. I'm value. I'm not some old fuddy-duddy white person y'all can just kick over in the corner and be done with. What is your life about practicing racism, white supremacy? That's what I've been doing. Can't just be I can go right off into the sunset, as they say, have fun with the grandchildren. Nah. Let's see. In the midst of a... That's why I said I try and as many non-white people as possible see if you can get, see if we can get some of these jobs uh, when these individuals classified as white are retiring, aging out from their positions see if we can be some of the replacements they're going around, he said they're going around with all this cronyism, they got the nepotism and the cronyism, nepotism, they get their relatives go find their, you know, nephews and nieces and cousins and children and grandchildren and all that, cronyism, they just, you know we went to kindergarten together you know, we live on the same block past 10 years or so you know we go bowling together or golfing together you know that type of thing they do all this and and same thing that he said do the cronyism at least get somebody competent right you're gonna go and get your homie from kindergarten and all the rest of it at least can you get someone competent no bring in these old lame unqualified incompetent white buddies and then we get the wait a minute somebody who who broke the fax machine? Oh, Bill, he's just getting adjusted. What do you mean he's getting adjusted? He never used the fax machine before. Well, you know, he got gotta go slow. You know, he got a little bit of a learning curve. Come on, you could have got a. Do you have the unqualified niggers who need a little bit of a learning curve? Got to hold their hand, and they've done that a bunch of times. Like he's dialed in for years, talking about them getting white cronies, white homies, and sometimes they say that flagrant, like, "Oh yeah, that's my homie." You know, I wanted her to get the job. Woo. Bring these old unqualified folks in who can't do nothing. Then they got to go around nagging black. Uh, excuse me, uh, sister girl. Do you think you can help me? I can't get my email account open. Do you think you can? I just can't. I'm struggling. Go waste everybody else's time and energy with that sort of thing. 
Let's see. And that white welfare, there's so much of that in this. We can't even imagine. They sit around and talk all this meritocracy and thing and incompetent. He even told us, I remember the one because it resonated. That's exactly the same thing that they say about this white dude. They say about me. They say, Gus T, you are unprofessional and you don't know how to talk to people. He said, that's what they said about the white man. Even still, he got white people who got his back. He remember white woman got his back, said, you know, Todd is unprofessional and he doesn't know how to talk to people, but I still want to give him a chance at the supervisor. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's not even qualified. I don't want to give him a chance. Let's see what he can do. They don't say that for Gusty Renegade. Is that coon is unqualified, incompetent, and he doesn't know how to talk to people. The end. Let's see. Uh, oh, God. And then they got the black Miss Andrew. We got that all the time. I can't say enough. Like, I mean, this time is a white woman, but do not, you know, be going in the workplace talking about if you're having problems with your care maid or children or fam- friends, family, whatever. That is not the time to be going and talking. And I'm not here to be, what is that, the listening post for all of the rumor, gossip, white trash about their romance, marriage, especially they're in some sort of tragic arrangement and they just want to come in and talk about their no-count black partner, black male partner, and oh, God, Leroy was at it again. Oh, God. And it's all, he's up to something nefarious. I know he did something criminal. Oh, what doesn't he do? That Leroy. And it's the same thing because he said that last week. She's talking about like, man, you had children with this dude. If he is that lame, take him back to the prison. Why did you pick him out to begin with? There's tons of black boys in Florida, right? You could have found a better one. Why did you pick him? They didn't sit around and say all every week. We got to hear about how no count and criminal and ridiculous Leroy is. And then get the non-white people to join in on that. Yeah, that Leroy. Oh, he is the worst, isn't he, child? Mm, mm, mm. Black male privilege i can't emphasize enough it should never be i don't care if it's clarence thomas i don't care if it's a black person that you despise it's like they stole your lunch in kindergarten you went to school with them in uh 12th grade and they came back and stole your lunch again and then they keyed your car even that black person i'm not sitting around and gonna chum it up with some white person and be talking about him and what a scoundrel and no count worthless negro that is and you are out of your mind that we for sure are we do not qualify for mental health as victims of racism but i am never i wouldn't care clarence thomas could have called me a coon all day long i'm not sitting around with no wiper there yeah that no count clarence thomas Ooh, he sure is lame are you serious if anybody is lame and needs to be criticized they gotta be classified as white man that that is such a lesson right there. They come in and talk all that nonsense all the time that we have more of these interracial tragic arrangements that'll work against the problem. You got every week we got some story about her coming in and making tacky, nasty, rude comments about this black male and talking about these children's father and no count this and no count that and all the rest of it. Like, dang, this is progress? We Really? This is the non-racist white Really? The danger 
all it seems like almost all of the non-white people at the courthouse would agree and say yes this is the non-racist white person that's the sister girl we are still learning very confused that's another reason united independent i've never heard our caller at the courthouse i've never heard him call in when this sort of thing happens where he hops up and you know i threw water in her face don't you run around here talking about no black male like that i dare you who do you think you are john never heard that you don't get mad at them we are victims of racism we are confused then if anything if we will be bad at anybody that white woman but I have never heard him catch an attitude and they're like even when sometimes it's been the victims who called in and they're the ones talking about the black oh my god I hate my mm, yeah. and the white woman joins in then too yeah girl I got one of them at home too aren't they the worst <sighs> to be expected and again you don't get mad at the victims but that's why she united independent I don't come in I didn't come in here thinking that these were my homies these are my black sisters these are my black brothers and we all in it together and we gonna have no 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 let's see I don't know what's up the crime for time like man I don't even know he's got so many of those stories where the little folks they come in there and are fit to be tied and parents seem like they might be encouraging this even the white people that work there might be encouraging all of this man I think you got to keep those passport photos up for like 10 years I don't know if they do the same thing with children but I think for regular sized people it's 10 years that you got to hold that so man that is uh, I don't know cruel and unusual punishment like they got me they stuck me with some negro photographer and now I got to hold this for 10 years me being thrown a fit because they <laughs> can't get they gotta, uh, can't have white people take the photographs at the courthouse like man get Ron DeSantis in here right now man we gotta get this cleaned up man no more Negro photographers for white children gotta have white people take white babies pictures but I mean that man that could even be you know study just see like when we have black children coming here do they wig out and act a fool when it's a white photographer you know or any any non-white children do they come in and wig out no my god can't be consoled and all that just see what is going on here is it just me any non-white person and they flip out like let's I might even make that my little informal experiment just track that one and let's see what's happening here because I mean wow that's a uh, man just seeing the sight of a oh, oh, oh. can sound like sound like black negroes with kinky hair and Brazilian sire like oh my god I can't take it I can't even can you just sit for the photo then I got to move now oh god oh. not even accustomed to seeing him he's got here smiling and oh got to go I got to go oh. I would do an experiment on that one. Yes, sir. Just, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. It just made me think of another incident, if I could share. There, the the, uh, the Brazilian family, right, the white Brazilian, they came back this past Monday, right? Uh, it was the mom and the, the little girl that ran to hide under the table. And she came back to say that she apologized. And then I seen the the little white girl, she was holding up a photo that she went to take somewhere else. So obviously she let somebody take a photo. And then they tried to say that um, something about it was the flash on the camera. But why feel the need to come back 
to the courthouse. You know what I mean? Like, I guess they were at the counter doing the application, but felt the need to come back and see the black female victim that this child was screaming in front of. So I just think that was just an act of racism, uh, mainly from that parent and also the child, because the child, I think, in my opinion, old enough, conscious enough, even though, you know, the child's still growing up or whatever, but that's just my opinion. Um, so it was some kind of lame, uh, tacky excuse about something about, well, she wanted to come back and see you, which I think that was a lie. That's what the mom said, that the little girl wanted to come back and see the black female, right? And saying that, well, she, she says you look like one of her teachers. So I just think it was just, uh, a lot of racism and the that white woman that I keep making these reports about, she I think is just so just dangerous because her and another white woman who um, is in a sexual relationship with the black male, I think she uses her white woman tears to I guess get to distract two black females that work along with me in the segregated area just to keep them confused. And I just think uh, they are practicing uh, major deception. So um, just one last thing, this other, that same white woman, Polk County, said that, you know what, I'm just tired of these texts going out being sent to me at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what they're talking about. See, that's why I don't fool with them. Talking about, this, see, because they call them the mean girl. The mean girl clique, all right? And they got this uh, group chat with that, all of that unjust networking going on. Okay, so she was bragging, and that's just another racist act, saying that I'm just tired of it, but yet. When I just use and follow logic, why are you involved in it then? So that's just, I just think she's just practicing racism. And, and that's all I have to say. Thank you. She's probably one of the lead instigators. Just, I, I just hate all this, these text men, rumors. And, and I mean, it's just not the way. It's so toxic. You know, I just, I, I love everybody. And she, phone vibrating the whole time. Oh, yeah, let me step out of my nose real quick. Girl, I got him again. Sabotaging and all the rather master deceivers. Um, that Mean Girls, that is a movie, uh, by the way, where it's, that's basically what it is. A, a, a click a gang of white girls, racists, go around and terrorize the whole school. That's basically it. That's the movie. I don't know why that would be grown people who work at the court I mean again we're supposed to be about the promotion of justice at the courthouse at minimum correctness because they got the records and archives and deeds and I mean serious legal administrative duties the courthouse and justice I mean all of that nah. mean girls yes gossiping and rumors talking about me like Come on, man. That that right there, what culture are we promoting in the workplace? 
We want something where we get along, non-toxic. Are we trying to avoid things that happened in Louisville, Kentucky this week where we got employees who want to come back and shoot us all up? Or do we want to have something with, hey, we're courteous. We're not a family, but we're courteous. We're professional. We believe in treating people in a correct manner and doing business in a correct manner. And that includes not gossiping. Asking too much. Uh, that even that is significant. I think that they came back because I mean I don't know. If I got children, we're going to get a passport. That means we might have some sort of major trip in the near, or excuse me, in the not too distant future. If all that's true, I'm not coming back to waste time. And then I got to come back and waste time and live. Oh, little Becky, she just wanted to come back and see you. You know, you look like a, like oh, you sit, man. The child should even look. Don't put that lie on me. Come on, come on. We got things to do. Springtime. We got the Easter egg hunt. Don't put that lie on me. Come on. You want to come in and waste time? That's on you. Say, oh, you know, it was the flash. And the Why are you even here? That right there further would just make me think that you apparently think that there was something incorrect about all of this and your child's conduct. And you know your child better than anybody. To come back and apologize? Why is that an apology? children cry right they do that sort of thing what's the big deal suspect you i don't have children you parents you can think how many times you had to go back and apologize because your child was crying you weren't at the movies or what have you you weren't at the opera and they disrupted the whole symphony or what have you Hmm. anywho uh let's see Oh, retired firefighter in Florida. Did you have commentary, sir? Greetings, everyone. Evening, evening. Yes, sir. I uh, I was uh, just noticed uh, that uh, probably over the last uh, couple of days, there's been a considerable amount of firefighters who killed in the line of duty in this region of the world called the United States. Uh, one of them I know of uh, was a black male. Uh, I think his name was Jermaine Pelt or Melt. It was his last name uh, in Chicago. And uh it got me to thinking about uh, my uh, firefighter background uh, on what helped, I think, what helped me get through uh, that period of time. Uh, of course, you know, with the racism, white supremacy activities that would go on, uh, I had a mindset of preparing myself for such dangers as the one that uh, firefighter Jermaine uh, lost his life on because it could happen uh, in uh, on a job like that. Uh, so you want to always be prepared uh, to with all different types of scenarios, although even though doing that, you still can uh, lose your life because there'd be some un. un- expected things that can take place. Uh, 
the reason why I'm bringing it up is because there's something for people who are not on a job like that to have an understanding of what you talk about. I'm talking about the host of the program who constantly repeats over and over again about safety on your job. Know your building that you work in. Know the building. Know on how to, if you have to, get out of the building, whether somebody's shooting at you or there's a fire in the building or if there is a coworker who may be in need of a portable defibrillator. That's in most buildings now. That's in most buildings now to ask, ask that, that uh, quote-unquote superior employee about having sessions on how to use that equipment. Uh, uh, making, making uh, having sessions on how to escape the building in the most efficient way uh, with the advent of of uh, people walking into your work site, especially white people who just got either got fired or about to get fired. Uh, they don't take it lightly uh, to know on have an idea anyway of what to do in those type of situations. So you would be a, be ahead of something like that. I think something like that is going to continuously happen as long as we're on the global system of racist white supremacy, expect, uh, especially it's going to continue to happen. So it's best for all of us to be prepared uh, when something like that has the possibility of taking place. Those were some of the things that was on my mind as I was uh, looking at uh, the uh, director, who I, I'm assuming is the director of the Chicago's fire department, who it is a looks to be a non-white black female uh, that was talking about uh, this non-white black male who died. Actually, he had just a couple of days before his death quote unquote walked his daughter down the aisle to get married. Can you imagine being on your quote unquote honeymoon and have to be notified that the person that attempted to raise you was killed in a fire? And uh those are just some of my thoughts and uh take it serious about, you know, safety on your job. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. For sure. Much obliged, retired firefighter in Florida. Uh, 49-year-old Jermaine Pelt uh, posted the information. Folks can read more details. Uh, Apparently, he's the second Chicago Fire Department funeral this week. So, yes, take the safety component very serious this is even one to keep in mind they do all that whining and moaning about the dangers of the police job that is not the most dangerous profession we repeated that many times but this being a firefighter that is a substantially more dangerous job 
than being an enforcement officer riding around shooting and choking black people for Lucy's and what have you. Jermaine Pelt, 49 years old, attempted black father and uh, absolutely make sure get that if they need to do a training have a whole course whatever it is same thing I said before if you have to run maybe it's not a shooter maybe someone didn't get fired maybe it's a fire what have you make sure you have on footwear you can speed up and not have to worry about slipping sliding all the rest of it you know your traction will be fine and your shoes will stay secured to your feet. That's the sort of footwear you want to wear on the job at all times, just in case. And then have them make sure that you have been properly trained and informed. Emergency exits. Bang! A firefighter. Bang! They've been checked, so we know they work. Hopefully we'll never have to use them, but they have been checked. We know they work know how to use it more importantly i know how to get out of here emergency doors bam i know where they are if i'm in different parts of the building and i can get them open by myself now that is going to be a sad takeaway that i'll have from tops among many tops in buffalo but no i don't need any help to get the door open i got it anywho uh didn't see any other hands soon folks are grand for the week can't be early be on time can't be said enough so many say problems or uh, racists will strategically employ truancy as a weapon against us that's an easy one that you can take away from racists on the job and I have seen where that can be something that works well for you for a job job retention that is noticed just be on time show up I'm here ready to roll not sliding in five minutes late ten minutes late all the rest of it I'm here consistently 15 minutes early ready to roll if you can't be on time, be early. And then you can use that 15 minutes. Now, what if Ted calls me a nigger today? This is how I'll respond. This is what I'll say. This will be my question or whatever the case. You could be thinking about that in advance. They come, hey, what's the difference between a nigger and a black man? Take your 15 minutes, meditate, think about that. This is what I'll say. Bang sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy racism we need a fully functioning brain computer got lots of deep thinking to do we can't be messing up our brain computer we will be here tomorrow that Saturday compensatory call in 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific and then uh, again Tuesday racism white supremacy and health once again Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times. 
in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately. No name-calling. No gossiping. No cursing is in the 10 stops. I think that was an important too. Right in there with the no name-calling because we got to get a good person there when we talk about these no-count coons frequently. That is in the 10 stops. No cursing. No wasting non-white people's time either. And no throwaway offspring. Cows signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Right. I'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.